Bada bing, bada boom. Welcome to this week's Bacon Mystery, Bacon Murder episode. I'm so excited because we're talking about a highly requested Korean movie called Kill Pak Soon. Okay. Okay, yeah, I know. That means nothing to you guys. But I just want to say we're making these mandarin chocolate-covered pistachio-drenched delicious flavor combos. And they're looking straight into the depths of your soul. Have you seen... Have you seen mandarins like this? These little sumo mandarins? They're so fun. It's so easy because there's exactly the perfect place to pinch twi- Wow, I'm getting drenched this morning. I'm getting drenched today. <laughs> okay, you pinch, twist, and you start opening it up. But anyway, let's talk about this movie. The concept of this movie is so fascinating. It deals with the idea of what happens when being a hitman and a K-pop agency merge concepts. K-pop. Yeah, you're like, that's kill this love. No, I'm just kidding. No, but really, it, what happens? So in South Korea, in order to become a hitman, a hitwoman, an assassin, you have to sign with an agency, a company. And from there, you're a trainee. For years, you wake up early. You have to watch what you eat, practice your moves, your killer moves, go to sleep, start all over again, just for the hope that one day you will be lucky enough to debut. That's even what they call it. They call it your debut. Your first kill is your first show, your first song. From there, there's rankings of hitmen. You can hire a D-rank hitman who's probably going to leave a ton of blood and fingerprints for you to clean up. Or you can hire an A-rank hitman. This is like the BTS and the Blackpinks of the hitmen. Now, side note, the agencies are in control here, so there is no such thing as an independently represented hitman. They all have to work for the top like 510 companies, and all of these companies know each other. All of these hitmen, they know each other. They're like, what company do you work for? Oh, okay. And they can't kill each other because then the companies would kill them. Mm. It's really interesting. They get paid a cut by the company. The company has to renew their contracts. That's literally what they call it. Your so they really is... just took the whole K-pop industry <laughs> yes. to make it assassins. Yes. Okay. So there's a few big companies in the industry. The main one being MK. <laughs> mm. SM, It's like you can't name drop the like initials. That. I'm just saying. It's MK, okay? They are the hitmen monopoly. They've got a global presence. A fan base across the world. They got fan base. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. And if you want to be anyone in this hitman world, you want to aim to be an A-rank hitman in the MK conglomerate. That's like top tier. That's Coachella headliner status. Do you know what I mean? That's the only way that you can make tens of millions of dollars being a hitman or hitwoman. And today's story is going to be centered around a woman by the name of Kil Paksun. It's kind of a play on words. So Kil, if you transliterate it to English, it's kill. Mm. It's not the most common Korean last name, but it does exist. So her na- that's her name, but also sounds like killing her. Yes. Uh. Yes. But it also sounds like she's going to kill you. But we're going to call her Brie instead of Paksun because that's a mouthful every time, okay? So Kil Brie is her name. <laughs> and she's an A-rank hit woman for MK. Her name? Fucking legendary. Just the sound of her name should send her enemies a run-in. She's got this cute shoulder-length hair. 
bangs. She's maybe in her 40s, late 40s now, 50s. Really? Yeah. She's, this is not one of those like Scarlett Johansson hit woman, t- super tight clothes type of movies. Mm, and she's not 17 and just... And like just um, marrying a fae and okay. <laughs> killing the people by touching them. No, no. She's middle-aged and okay. I stan, okay? She doesn't look like your stereotypical Korean ajuma. She looks like a cool mom, okay? If I saw her move in as my neighbor, I would think that she works in the marketing department for a beauty company. (laughs) That's kind of the vibe. But she's ruthless. She will curb stomp you for being four minutes late with her Starbucks order. But the reason that she's such a cutthroat killer is because she has this innate ability to visualize the opponent's strengths and weaknesses. It's almost like she does probability of scenarios in her head in real time at super speeds. So in the middle of a fight, we can see her visualize what will happen if she tries to attack them this way or this way or with this weapon. And then she runs through all the scenarios in her head and picks the one with the best outcome. You see? That's Confucius. That's Confucius, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, know your enemy, know yourself, you will win every wall. Yeah, so that's what she does. And you can see the <laughs> visualizations mid-scene. And you almost don't know what's happening because you're like, is that a visualization or is she actually being decapitated right now? And then you're like, oh, there's like an hour left in the movie, so I'm sure it's just a visualization. <laughs> but it's not done in a super cheap way, okay? But the catch here is that Brie is also a single mom. And I was kind of thrown off by this premise. I thought it was going to be really cheesy and really corny where she would be killing someone and her daughter would come home and she would have to act like she's cooking. Meanwhile, she's strangling someone under the kitchen island. Hee hee ha ha. And like, don't get me wrong, there are some very cheesy parts in this movie. But overall, the movie did not make this whole concept of being a single mom, assassin on the side, as cringe as I thought it would be. It was not overly corny. So with that being said, let's get into Brie and see what she's doing. It's a chilly night and we see a man peacefully slumbering, peacefully sleeping in nothing but his little whitey tidy undies. If it wasn't for the fact that his whole body was tattooed and covered in sleeves, I would think that his whitey tidies make him look like a math teacher. But this is not a rom-com, okay? It's not one of those cute movies. This is an Asian movie and a man is covered in tattoos, that can only mean one thing. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> He's part of the Yakuza, okay? <laughs> He's part of some sort of mafia or gang or something, or he's a gangster. The Japanese mob. But that's not the weird part about this opening scene. This man's name is Shinichiro, and he's not sleeping in bed. He has a little pillow, and he's sleeping on the cold concrete floor outside of a train station in South Korea. In his whitey tidy? Yeah. And he's mumbling to himself, oh shit, it's so f***ing cold, did I forget to close the hotel window? And there's a woman that's just watching him sleep. She's in a little housekeeper uniform, so she was probably pretending to be the housekeeper in the hotel, and then Uh something happened. He wakes up from his slumber, and he sees her just staring at him, okay? And the whole scene feels straight out of a fever dream. She's so pleasant. Hello, sir. Are you awake now? The shirtless man sits up, he's in the cold parking lot, and he's next to this train, and he starts looking around, and he's like, Hey! Do you have any idea who I am? Yes. Oda Shinichiro. Your Korean name is Kwangi. You got to Korea three days ago for some sightseeing, I presume. 
So they're primarily speaking to each other. And, bro, this is gonna take me 10 years. My fingers are freezing. <laughs> what? <laughs> Honey, it's freaking peeling orange. <laughs> I'm making peel all my oranges, okay? And he's making me peel it for the video. So I seem like an independent woman, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, 90% of the reason we're getting married is so that I never have to peel my own orange again. Right, right, hand it over. <laughs> so they're primarily speaking to each other in Japanese, but Bri would get annoyed and mumble things here and there in Korean. The man smirks and starts asking who sent her for him, and he starts listing off his enemies. Was it this guy from Tokyo? Maybe it was this guy from Shanghai. Or was it Mr. Choi from Busan? Wait, what does he say? He's like, who sent you to kill me? I have oh, so many enemies. Oh, he knows that she's a killer. Yeah. Because oh. this guy's in the Yakuza. Like, if he wakes up in the middle of a train station with a strange woman staring at him, she's not there to sleep with him, I don't think, okay? So he's just listing off people. Is it this guy from Tokyo? I mean, I got so many enemies. She smiles, crouches down in front of the man and says, you should have lived a better life if you wanted to die a natural death. With all due respect, and he starts laughing. He seems slightly unhinged. So it is you. I heard so much about you. Female assassin from the Korean Peninsula. The rumors must be true about you, how good you are, if they sent you alone to deal with me. Do you not know who I am? I'm the infamous tiger. She switches to Korean to mutter, pretentious, just like the Yakuza. And he says in Japanese, excuse you, this is the pride of the samurai. Oma, so you do speak Korean. And he sits there and he contemplates, he stares at her and he says, what I don't understand is why you would wait for me to wake up if you're gonna kill me. It's easier when I'm asleep, you know? Look, I thought about killing you earlier, but I changed my mind. And why is that? Tell me. If the story isn't too long, I don't really have too much time. Well, if you insist. All right, I'll tell you the shortened version. I have a daughter. She's really pretty, just like me, but she's kind of a bitch. Anyway, we were watching the news this weekend about a senator's son who had bribed his way into an elite college of music. It was kind of annoying. Not the senator for bribing his son into a good school, but everyone pretending to be outraged. They act like they wouldn't do the same thing if they had the means. Annoying people. Yikes. I was ranting about it when my daughter told me, Mom, because that senator's son got in, he took someone else's spot. Someone that's actually deserving. And I told her, well, it's not like I'm saying that what he did was right. I'm just explaining. It's in the heart of every parent. Every parent wants the best for their child no matter what. What if that kid that got rejected from that school because of the rich kid? What if that's me one day, Mom? Maybe you should think about teaching me how to fight fair versus going on rants about how unfair the world is. We cut back to Brie in the parking lot of the train station, telling the stories to the Japanese man. They're both sitting on the pavement, sharing a cigarette. He's got his little pillow on his lap, and he's absorbed in her little storytelling. He starts complimenting Brie's daughter. You know, she sounds like a fair, nice young lady, you know? Wait, they're friends now? Yeah, and she's like, right? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. We really can learn from our kids these days. Anyway. She gets up, starts heading over to her cleaning truck, opens up the back, and we see the entire thing is lined with random chemicals, weapons, clothes, disguises. So I've decided today, I'm gonna fight fair. The man smirks, puts his pillow down, and stands up. Are you sure, ma'am? You'll regret it. She nods, tosses him a samurai knife, his katana, the knife that he carries with him everywhere, the weapon that he's most familiar with. How about some clothes, lady? I can't fight with dignity in this. She tosses him a hotel robe out of the truck and he puts it on. Hey, uh, your knife looks a little worn. Do you want something of mine? Something newer, perhaps? 
Oh, <laughs> well, a lady like you doesn't know much about swords now, does she? Who are you to say that my knife isn't sharp? This katana was crafted over 400 years ago. Samurais from all over the world consider this to be the holy grail. He takes it out, out of its sheath, and starts slicing it in the air, and you just see it sparkling in the little moonlight. So what do you say? It's quite impressive, isn't it? He starts doing little poses, okay? Are they flirting? What's going on? I know, on? what's going on? I feel so tension. She smiles and pulls her weapon out the truck and she's holding up an axe. I bought this online for $27 this morning. An axe? Yeah, like the tiny little axe. Like the ones we have. Yeah, and she starts walking up towards him and they start running and she tries to axe him in the head. He dodges and laughs at her as she slams into the side of the train railing and he says, how about we begin the games for real now? She looks at him, looks down, cuts a slit in her skirt so she can move better because her skirt's really tight. It's a big housekeeper's outfit, okay? And we see the knife fight and nobody really has the upper hand. But he does tell her in the midst of it while they're literally neck to neck with their weapons, damn, you're good. And she says, I know. It's like girl power moments. In the end, he cuts her arm and she falls to the ground and he's pretty content with himself. He's standing over her and he says, be happy with yourself, lady. There are only three people who can last this long with me. Out of all the fighters in Japan, you're pretty good. She's sitting there on the pavement and she's looking around and she runs the scenarios in her head. And we see it. Every scenario ends with her being decapitated by the katana. Oh my God. Wait, do you mind if I change my weapon? Dax probably was not the best choice. He's like, fine, no problem. Go change it if you must. He's being a gentleman. He's being cocky. She walks back to her van and grabs a new weapon while he's fixing his robe and starts practicing with his weapon once more, talking about the type of training that he went through to get this level of skill. <laughs> really like a fucking feeling himself, right? And then boom, he falls to the ground, blood dripping out. She shot him. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. He thought she was gonna get like another knife or something. But he grabbed the gun? And just shot him from afar. <laughs> and so he's bleeding. You fucking bitch. I know, I know, sorry. But I have to get to the supermarket before they close. And she walks off and walks straight into a supermarket. She, she brings groceries back to her mansion. Listen, being an assassin is paying the bills. Like every scene, she's decked out in an Hermes bag, driving a G-Wagon. Her apartment in South Korea is in this gated community. It's almost reminiscent of a super modern Parisian apartment that doesn't even exist in Paris. It literally only exists in movies. Do you know what type of apartments I'm talking about? Uh -huh. The walls or a shade of pale green. She's got this courtyard balcony that's filled with just green plants that she's obsessed with. So she's, um, she's cooking. Her daughter's not home yet. So after killing someone, she's busy cleaning the apartment. And when it's about time to do the laundry, she goes into her daughter's room, grabs her pants, and a packet of cigarettes falls out. Her daughter's been smoking. Her daughter, by the way, is 15 years old and her name is Jay. Taeyong, but we're gonna call her Jay. And she'd been smoking. We get this flashback to when Brie was a kid, she too had been caught smoking by her parents. Her dad forced her to get on her knees and pray to have her sins forgiven. But when she lifts her head from prayer, we see that her dad has completely beaten one side of her face to the point where she can't even open an eye. Jeez. He hands her a cigarette and tells her, Bogo, which means eat it. She puts it in her mouth and starts chewing. 
She does it without flinching. Okay, Brie was always one of those kids that has iron will. Like, she will not fucking break. But right before she swallows the cigarette, she throws up. And in that moment, her daughter walks in the door. And she has another one of these little predictions. Remember? The prediction with this Japanese man, it played out so well. She ended up killing him, right? She evaded death. She has a prediction. She's going to lean up against the wall and say, You're home. Since when did you smoke? Look, I don't know about alcohol, but there's nothing ever good that comes out of smoking. So don't smoke. Her daughter looks at her and smirks. You're a hypocrite if you're telling me not to smoke. Rushes to her room and slams the door shut. So Bree's like, obviously, that's not gonna work. I have to try a different method. So instead, she stands there leaning up against the wall. Since when did you smoke? You wanna smoke one with me? <laughs> God, mom, stop trying to be so cool. And she rushes to her room and slams the door. So clearly, being an assassin is easier than being a parent. Okay, she cannot predict her child in any way, shape, or form. Oh, she failed. Yes, oh. she still failed. And this becomes like a running theme in the movie. Keep this in mind because at the end, it's very important. Her daughter loves to run into her room and slam the door <laughs> shut. That's, it's like teenage angst on steroids in this movie. Anyway, the next day we see Brie doing a meeting with some of her daughter's school, like, mothers. Like, all the moms of the kids gather to talk about the education. But it's just really a pissing contest. They're all just thinking about and talking about where they're going to send their kid for summer camp. One of the moms says, you know, the U.S. is nice, but it's been a playground for tourists and foreigners. The kids aren't even learning English while they're there. They don't need to. What about Singapore? I heard Singapore is good. Oh no, that's for um, regular kids. The activities there just aren't as good. Brie wants to roll her eyes and probably kill them right then and there, but she is far too intelligent for that. She lets them think that they're powerful. Oh, then when's a good place? It's just all so confusing, so many options. Oh, Brie, you guys didn't go abroad this summer, did you? To visit anywhere, to sightsee? Um. I had some business trips I had to attend to. And we get a flashback of her killing people. It must be hard for you, Brie, since you're all on your own without a husband. But remind me again, what do you do? I uh, work for an event planning business. Event planning? What kind? Brie smiles and ignores the question. Meanwhile, on the news, there are talks about a Japanese-born Korean who was found dead in the parking lot next to a train station. He arrived from Japan to Korea about three days ago, and now he's dead. Also watching this news is the chairman of MK, MK himself. And uh, this is what's so crazy about this movie, okay? The whole time, there is this woman next to him. Gotta love the actress on this one, but she looks like an absolute raging bitch, which is literally her part. She's got short bob hair, very clean cut. She looks like the type of teacher that would destroy your life. She's so rude, so calculated, so manipulative. And she's always sitting next to him like, Opa, Opa, like putting her legs on him. I'm like, okay, this must be his girlfriend or his wife or something. It's his f***ing sister. What? It's his baby sister. It's so weird. The dynamic is weird because later she tries to like f*** him. It's weird. It's what? weird. So just hold on to your tits because the whole oh. time I didn't realize it's it was his sister. It's that kind of Korean movie, huh? Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't get like that, that weird. So anyway, she has her legs on his lap complaining about Brie. See? She never listens to the rules. Using a gun domestically... How are we going to clean up this mess now? Chairman Cha, MK, just says, I don't think it was that bad of a choice. 
Why? They listen to the press conference and the police are talking. And they say, considering the fact that this was likely the result of gun violence, we have to consider the high possibility that this was an inner struggle between the Yakuza. And if Korean gangs were to be involved in this. And the chairman says, see? Who would ever suspect the wife of the cheating Yakuza member had hired a hitman? The girl on his lap, his sister, is not too pleased with his response. Oh, but you always have a weak spot for brief stupid antics. And he laughs but she doesn't find it hilarious. I can see why she's jealous though. Brie is an undefeated assassin who has a lot of respect amongst her peers. They all wanna be like her to kill someone so important that they end up on primetime news channels. Oh, and they also wanna get away with it, obviously. They're just like serial killers. They're just like them, okay, love it. The assassins, they all meet up at a local bar that's run by a former assassin. And this is like their meeting spot. Members of different companies come and they all eat and drink there. They talk about their lives. This is their chance to socialize and not hide this part of their lives from the world. Bree sits down, she starts knocking back sojus with all these other company members. Wait, I haven't seen Mike around recently. Oh, he's dead. Yeah, business trip to China. Ah, I owed him dinner. Anyway, enough about the dead, Brie. Tell us more about what happened. Are Yakuza members really as insane as they're hyped up to be? Yeah, they are. He was very strong. If I had a fair fight, I might be dead. Maybe I'm getting old. I don't know. I feel like I'm losing my touch, aren't I? To be fair though, to be fair, being an assassin is not a strength competition. It's about finding their weakness and exploiting it. Yes, ma'am. And if they have no weak spot, you make one. Mm -hmm. That's the only way that we don't lose. They all cheers to that and they start gossiping. How much did you make off of this one show? So they call it a show. Every kill is a show. How much did you make off of this one show? And it's revealed that she makes more off of one job than all the other members of all the other companies make for seven jobs. She gets paid seven times what they get paid. And one of the people said, but you know what? We can't compare ourselves to MK. She works for MK, they're a global conglomerate. There's a guy in the corner, his name is Hee-sung. Han Hee-sung, we're gonna call him Han. Han looks pissed off, okay? He's looking pissed. And I have a feeling that he's gonna be very important because he's been in the corner sulking this whole scene and he seems utterly unimpressed with Brie. Yeah, well, whose fault is it that we all can't get paid well? Remember the rules that MK set in our industry seven years ago? And we get a flashback of MK, Chairman Cha, the boss that we saw earlier. He's fixing his glasses in front of this massive ballroom filled with men and women in suits dressed to the tees, it's like a charity gala. And he's giving a speech. <clears throat> there is an old saying from back then that killing people will save you from having to have patience and tolerance. Everyone laughs. You know, because would it kill you to laugh, right? It might in this room. Those of us gathered here this evening are the professionals who put these words into actions. We do not answer to the local detective agency, nor do we answer to those old-fashioned mobsters wearing wrinkly suits. There is pride in our line of work. Killing is now a global business and we have paved the way. The unemployed, unsanctioned, uncompanied amateurs ruined our reputation. They went as far as killing children for a few million dollars. The reason that we're in such an unfortunate situation is because there are no regulations in our industry. So for that reason, I propose to you. I want to set rules in place for all of you, for all of us. 
in that meeting, we see a mobster raising his hand. His name is Sergeant Shin. So he went from being a sergeant in the military and now he's a hitman. I have a question. If we agree to all these rules and pick and choose who to kill, won't we just be losing work and money? That would only benefit the unsanctioned killers who are willing to do anything. Sergeant Shin, you recently created your own agency, didn't you, sir? Yes, right now it's, um, like five of us. It's a small business, but it's doing okay. You raise a good point. And for that reason, we have to create rules that others will find difficult to follow. That allows us to get them out of work. We need to be trustable, dependable, credible, an actual business. So the three rules. The first, you are never to kill minors. Second, you will only take on kills sanctioned by your company. Third, you must attempt all kills instructed by your company. If we follow all these rules, all the amateurs, they will soon be out of work. We will dominate the industry. The bartender was one of the first to excitedly agree to his rules. He's raising his hand like, I agree, I agree. My company's gonna follow the rules. But his company of assassins went under trying to follow these rules. They never got any more work and now they can't even file for unemployment because who's gonna tell the government, hey, we were killing people and now business has slowed down, so can we get a loan? Yeah, and someone chopped off his hand while they were at it. This is the bartender of that restaurant that all the assassins come to. He's like this old little ajashi. So the guy has been really going through some shit. So Han asks, kind of like a rhetorical question. So why is it that all these rules are made by those in power? Ding, ding. Because the right rules make more power for those in power. These rules were all put in place to grow MK's business and give them monopoly over the industry. Isn't that right, Bree? Think about it. Everyone, other than Sergeant Shin's crew, all the other companies, they became hole in the walls. They became so small, you know? They're walking on eggshells, trying not to break MK's rules. Bree scoffs. You know you're MK2? Hmm? He signed with MK2. Okay, what? Exactly! I work for them, so I can talk on them. They rank us how they want. A, B, C, D. The rich get richer, while the rest of us are picking up meager crumbs and thanking them. So it's not ranked by, like, skills and stuff? It is. And no. Bree says, your skill level is how you get paid. You do know that, right? He gets up and walks over to her. So, you're implying that I'm not good enough for the big jobs? You know I'm no longer some little booger trying to follow you around and learn from you. You know that, right? Yeah? Well then send me a bloody knife one day so I can see that you've improved. The others awkwardly laugh and they try to bring the conversation back to a slightly more lighthearted tone and one of them says, hey, enough talk about bloody knives, okay? To be fair, Bree, it is harder for smaller folks like us because of MK. And that's just the truth. It's just the way it is. Bree laughs. Well, I know how to read the room. I'm the bitch in here, aren't I? I should leave. But just a quick question. If MK calls any of you, wouldn't you join? Blaming others while you wallow in self-pity is what the incompetent people do. Sorry, everyone. I guess I'm just a bit too competent. <laughs> she takes a final shot of soju and leaves the other ones. And they all sit around around the bar and they, one of the younger guys asks, Wait, what does she mean, send someone a bloody knife? Like, just a bloody knife? Back then, there was a tradition. Oh. Something that existed before the talk of rules. Let's say you send someone a bloody knife. That means you've asked him to set a time and location to one fight one. to the death. Yeah, but the, these romantic times are of the past. These times were even before Brie was at her prime. You know, Brie was very scary back then. The sheer sound of her name sends shivers down people's backs.
So the young man Han, he walks out of the bar and the others keep gossiping. But if we're talking about MK rankings, shouldn't Han be an A-class major too? I mean, other than his, the weight of his name, his main name means nothing, his skills should put him on par with Bree, no? Yeah, it should've, but don't tell anyone I told you this. Apparently Han was a rising star at MK. Somehow he ended up on the chairman Cha's bad side and he's been on the shit list ever since. Do we know what rank he is? Like a D. He's a D? Like lowest of the low. So Bree <gasps> is walking- He's skilled. Yeah. Aww. I know. So Bree is walking down a dark alleyway to her car when there's a group of gangsters smoking around her car. Like these are true gangsters. Like not even true gangsters. These are like baby gangsters that hang out at the peony jams and kimchi squat. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like in the Adidas tracksuits. That's what they're doing. <laughs> they're smoking. And they're all looking at her like they want to do horrible things to her. And she's like, move. Did she hear this fucking bitch? <laughs> they're laughing while they're making fun of her, but they're walking off. And she stops them. Hey, you fucking pigs. And they all turn around. What did you just fucking say? That's fucking rude, Ajima. Did you just call us pigs? Ajima, this is Ajima? Yeah. <laughs> One piggy, two piggy, three, four, five little piggies. <sighs> you fucking did you just and he puts out his cigarette and he's about to hit her when the young man from the bar Han walks up and bonks him on the head and starts fighting all five piggies without even breaking a sweat he literally isn't even using like both hands he's just using like one hand to fight them okay because these are literally peony jump street gangs Bree is watching she's not that impressed and when he's done all five piggies are on the ground and he's looking at her and they look like they're about to fight but instead the next scene, they're f***ing. So there's that. Yeah, yeah. Where? Yeah, in his little trailer home because he's D-rank. Meanwhile, she lives in a mansion. Aww. And at the same time, we see Jay, the daughter, making out with the girl. Yeah, her girlfriend. Okay, so there's like a component to this where her daughter has like her own storyline. Her daughter is literally not just there to be like, Amma, where are you going today? Why do you have blood on your shoe? Like her daughter actually is like a true character in this. So she has a girlfriend, but she has to hide her relationship with her girlfriend because they're in this very elite conservative high school in South Korea and they come from some of the wealthiest families. Her girlfriend even tells her, her girlfriend's name is Sora, and Sora tells her, if my mom ever found out, like I'd be dead, my life is over. I just fucking hate my life. I hate this school. I hate my stupid boyfriend, and I hate my mom. And Jay says, I don't, I don't really hate my mom like that. Yeah, well, all moms are the same, Jay. They act like they love us until they find out what we are. Then they don't anymore. Whatever. <laughs> Just, I let my mom do whatever she wants, you know? She doesn't even know me. And it's not like I know her. What do you mean? My mom hides a lot from me. Like what? <sighs> it's nothing. And to distract her, she kisses her again. And then we hear three boys approach them and they literally fly away from each other. And um, one of the guys says, students, it's bad to skip class and smoke down here. And the boyfriend runs up and puts his arm around Soda. We're going to karaoke, babe. You want to come? Sure. Uh, Taeyang, do you want to go with us? No, you guys have fun. And she's about to leave, but the other guy, because there's three kids, right? Mm -hmm. One of the other guys stops her and grabs her arm while she's about to walk off. And he's like, come on, just come with us. And she stares at him, stares at the place that he's holding her wrist and says, let go, I'll kill you. He lets go and she walks off, but his other two buddies, they start teasing him. Oh, rejected again. Oh my God. 
Are you actually shaking right now? He's actually fucking scared of her. What a fucking pussy. And you just see this look in his eyes. Like, I just know some shit's gonna go down with this kid because whenever you have a dude who has an ego problem get insulted and be called a pussy, he's gonna fucking fuck some shit up. Wait, so does he like her or no? Yes. He does. Yes. And then he, he got keep, rejected. He keeps getting rejected. Apparently, he's been getting rejected nonstop for the past month by her. Uh. And all of his friends are calling him a and he's got this like disgusting angry evil mm -hmm. look on his eyes and it's almost like they're egging him on to do something to Jay and it's stressing me out I am a sucker for cozy games anything that makes me feel like I'm in my little cottage core dreams my little fantasy tea is brewing candles are lit the house smells like a fresh rose candle it's dim and I just plop on the couch I turn the fireplace on and I get lost in a little cozy game that is my dream life and I never thought that I would be such a mobile game girly, but I freaking am, okay? Love and Pies has some of the cutest graphics I've seen ever in a game. Their gameplay is so laid back, but it's actually intriguing. I've been playing nonstop for a few months now, and there's actually more intrigue and mystery in Love and Pies than you would think. I went into this game thinking, this is a cute little merge two game where I'm gonna build my own cafe. I'm gonna combine little ingredients. And then I start getting hit with drama, mystery, intrigue, a story, and I'm like, say what now? Now? Why is there a whole romance line in this, huh? So let me walk you through the game. You are Amelia and you've just taken over your old family cafe and you're, you gotta restore it to its former glory. You get to meet a diverse cast of characters as you uncover this family story that actually has a lot more mystery and so many secrets. I also love the way that you can design the cafe. It's so cute. So for a tasty mix of love and drama, download Love and Pies for free today. That's Love and Pies free to download in the App Store or Google Play. Meanwhile, Jay's mom, Bree, is putting her clothes back and is leaving a check on the bed. Uh, what is this? For your father's surgery fee. <laughs> you should have given it to me before we did it. Now the vibes are all off, okay? <laughs> Look, I appreciate the thought, but I can't accept this. It's not a gift. It's a loan. You can pay me back. It's fine, Bree, really. I've already got it handled. How? Are you worried about me? You want to know how I handled it? You care about me! No, I don't want to hear. If I have to fix your mess, then I don't want to hear it. And with that, she walks off, leaving him chasing after her with a little bedsheet. Just admit you're worried about me. And if you're really worried, I have an idea. I hear your contract is ending soon. Why don't you leave, start your own company, and recruit me. Take me with you. I'll kill anyone for you. <laughs> Han, recklessness isn't attractive. Listen, if you started a company, you would kill it. Pun intended. I like our chairman. He's the one that taught me everything I know, and he gave me everything I have. Yeah, well, Bree, he's also the one that can take everything away, too. If he told you to kill me, would you do it? She doesn't answer, which gives him the response that he needs. Why do I even ask? But they just... They're not even dating. What yeah, so apparently he trained under her. And maybe they forked a lot back then. Uh, so it seems like they have a, you know, so a he, weird... So she is his teacher. Yes, and she's just forking him, but I think he genuinely seems to kind of like her, you mm. know? Like in a weird way, yeah. And mm. like, I, I hate you, I want to make more money than you, but I also kind of like, you like me? <laughs> that kind of way. And she says, when my contract ends this time, I might not renew it. You know, I might go into retirement. 
What? Suddenly? Why? And we see Brie having breakfast with her daughter, and her daughter is busy on her phone texting and smiling. <clears throat> Does my daughter have a new boyfriend? Ew, never. <laughs> if you were a bit nicer, boys would be lining up to date you, you know that? Don't you have a debate for class today? Yeah, I do. It's childish to make kids fight for grades. Jay, if your opponent flinches, you find their weakness. That's when you have to go in and rip them apart. It's your f***ing chance. <laughs> I thought you just told me to be nicer. <laughs> to boys. <clears throat> so what's the debate about? <laughs> if we had a $100 bill in Korea, who would be on it? Oh, that's fun. Who did you choose? There were a lot of candidates in my head, former politicians, government officials, but I noticed something in all of them. Ah, yes, they're all men. No, they've all killed someone before. So I chose a woman. Women aren't known to be killers. Uh -oh. And I liked this woman. Oh, <laughs> what a fun perspective you have. <laughs> and we see Bree drop off her daughter at school and head to the MK headquarters, which looks more like a giant bank. Like it looks insane. It looks like the money heist bank. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like the Federal Reserve Bank. And in the elevator, she runs into the chairman's sister who is super fake. She, she was sitting there, opa opa this, opa opa that, shit talking Bree and suddenly goes, <gasps> And goes and hugs her. <laughs> Jeez, get off. What, what are you doing? What are you doing here, Ani? <laughs> the chairman called me. Oh, fantastic. Since you're here, help me with my class. Okay, so we see that Chairman Cha is like the CEO, but his sister is Director Cha. So she runs, but she's also the teacher of all the new trainees. Oh, so she's very good too. She, yeah, she's like his right-hand woman. Oh. She's very cutthroat, ruthless. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Since you're here, help me with my class. Oh no, that's embarrassing. Oni, please, just this once. And the scene cuts to two people fighting in a bathroom, smashing each other's heads into the sinks, breaking the glasses, trying to stab each other to death with the knives. One of them grabs the other one and slams them into the wall of the bathroom, which crumbles down. And outside, you see a crowd of students clapping. This is how they train before debut. Teacher Cha walks in, everyone bows. And behind her, Brie walks in and the whole class goes, nuts. Imagine seeing, I don't know, LeBron James show up to your basketball game, okay? Like, what is going on? The two people fighting in the bathroom are in awe of her. One of the girls, her name is Youngji. We're just gonna call her Young. And she's, oh my god, she's looking at her literally starstruck. <laughs> no f***ing way. <laughs> I heard you guys all have exams today. I wanted to stop by and cheer you on briefly. She walks through the bathroom. Oh, this feels familiar. Sister Cha says, we recreated it after your bathroom show from five years ago, the urinal incident. And this right here is our ace. Young, she's gonna debut soon. Wow, nice. I see a lot of girls in the class. That's good, we're progressing. Hello, I'm Kim Young-ji. And she bows. <laughs> How come you're so nervous? Director Cha rolls her eyes. She says you're her hero. I'm trying to make her the next Brie. Want me to show you? Who in the class wants to go up against Youngji? Raise your hand. Not a single soul raises their hand. Ah, then she must be good. Well, thank you, Director Cha, but too bad. I guess I'll have to see her skills next time. 
She starts walking out of the room, but Teacher Cha knows how to press her f***ing buttons. Too bad. She's so much better than you were at her age. <laughs> Wait, what? Bree stops, looks at Youngji and says, Do you mind if I spot you for a fight? Meaning she's gonna go up against Youngji. Wait, Bree wants to fight this little girl? She's got a bit of an ego problem, okay? We love it. But Teacher Cha was like, she's so much better than you were at her age. So she's like, now I gotta fight this little kid. <laughs> the other students help get rid of the bathroom and they're both just sparring hand-to-hand -hand combat. Youngji has chosen a fake knife and Bree chose no weapons but a red eraser, like a marker, an erase marker. You know, the whiteboard markers, yeah. Okay. And she's like, are you sure you don't want a weapon? But he's like, no, I'm good with this. And the fight starts. Youngji is using the fake knives. She's got two, one in each hand, and she's just going at it, like, feverishly. What is she doing? What is just she doing? Like, like, going at it, trying <laughs> to stab her, okay? Because I'm like, moves. Like this, like this. Like, she like she's punching her. She's slamming her arms down at her, and then she's trying to sideswipe. She's even doing some weird where she's like throwing the knife in the air, catching it back by the handle, and then trying to stab oh, her. Oh, yes, yes. But Bree's not even breaking a sweat. She's literally got her hands in her pockets, just dodging all of them. She slams Youngji on the ground and tells her, your hands are good, they're agile, they're fast, but your moves are too obvious, too predictable. I never fought like that when I was her age. And she's looking at Teacher Cha. Youngji drops the knife onto the ground, so she's just using one hand. Good choice. Youngji comes at her screaming and tries to stab her and she manages to throw the knife in the air, catch it before slicing a bit into Bree's hip. Very light, but she's so content. The whole class is just going oh, she crazy. Got, she got Bree. Tiny bit. If this were real, you would have been cut. Director Cha is smiling. Doesn't she remind you of when you were younger? Bree is pissed. No, I was prettier. <laughs> Brie comes for her, uses the pen cap to poke her eye out momentarily. So Youngji, she just got slammed in the eyeball with a pen mark, pen cap, and she's like trying to ah. Uh, and she looks up, and Brie is gone. And then we see her very slowly swipe the red marker across her throat, leaving a red line. How? Cause she, I guess, momentarily disarmed her and then came up behind her. Oh, Brie is behind her now. Yeah. And she said, and if this were real, you were just killed before you could even make a sound. And the whole crowd cheers. <laughs> oh, stop it. It was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so Brie goes to meet with the chairman and there are two envelopes waiting for her on the desk. One is titled Seoul and the other one is titled Russia. Pick one, they're both urgent. Brie takes a sip of her coffee. Oh, sweet. The man in the suit, the butler, looks frantic. My apologies, Miss Bree. I can get you a new one. Don't kill me. <laughs> yeah, don't kill me. Just leave it. I guess I won't be drinking coffee today. The, direct, the chairman looks at him. Just leave. What's going on with you, Bree? Are you not excited for work? I just thought, you know, I just finished a show. I should give others a chance, too. Like, Han? He's good. You should send him instead. Don't you see? This is a job for A-class. Yeah, well, he's good enough to be A-class. That's for me to choose, not you. <sighs> Brie reaches for the Cree envelope. I choose this one. You didn't even read it. I don't need to. I've been feeling patriotic these days. So basically, she just doesn't want to leave Korea because then she has to leave her daughter, you know, while she's mm -hmm. on a business trip. And he tells her, right, well, then it looks like I'll be going to Russia thanks to you. 
Wow. What kind of job is it that you're taking it on yourself? Russian mafia case. The other A ranks, well, one is retired, one is on leave, the other one is dead. So it's you or me. Have you thought about your contract renewal, Brie? Your kid is 15 now, isn't she? I just want to say, Brie, don't forget what you promised me 15 years ago. I'm telling you, if I'm having hesitations about the contract renewal, it's not because of my kid. Let's eat. Let's catch up. I had breakfast before I came. Tteokbokki. From there? Yes. Well, that I can't deny. So I guess they have like a tteokbokki spot that they go to, and he helps her up, and the two flirt a little bit before leaving. And we see Director Cha, the sister, staring at them from above. So they have like this U-shaped building, and they have another office that's on top of his office that can look down into like his sunlight or something. And she's watching them when an assistant comes in to drop off the requested hard drive, and they're like, what are you staring at, ma'am? Uh, something I shouldn't have seen. So we see her, we see Brie eating tteokbokki with the chairman, and she's ranting about her daughter. Everything I learned, it doesn't work on her. You told me, corner them, put pressure, find their weakness, and then destroy, and it just doesn't work. Like, the more, she try, the more I try to get to know my daughter, the more she's putting up these walls. I swear to you, killing is easier than raising a kid. And the chairman says, yes it is, and you can earn good money too. So why? The contract renewal, I mean, if it's not the kid, then why? Let me show you guys what's going on, okay? I'm dipping half of these sumo mandarins into the chocolate, placing them onto the parchment paper so that they can kind of, I'm thinking I'm gonna freeze them, and then before the chocolate gets a little bit hard, I'm gonna put some pistachios. Oh, shoot. It looks, looks beautiful. And now we just let it harden. I don't think you even need to freeze them. Wow. So anyways, he's like, and you can earn good money, so why? Why are you contemplating the contract renewal? And if it's not about the kid, then why? Are you worried that God is gonna come for you? <laughs> Chairman Shaw, I'm not scared of God. You're the type, we're the type to go to hell no matter what. So, I mean, I, I never pray. She opens up her envelope and the boy looks very young. It's a kid is my target? He's not a minor. Then why would this be an A-level ranked job? because it'll be the talk of the town. I need you to make it look like a suicide. You know, Chairman, I've been thinking a lot about the first time that we met. Yeah, well, I don't even remember. Bree's phone rings and she says, oh yes, Hensing Yim, like teacher, how can I help you? What? Is Cheong okay? Okay, I feel like it's gonna be that little fucker fuckboy that you know is trying to date her, but we find out that she stabbed him with a pair of scissors. Jay stabbed him. The chairman jokes that it's like mother like daughter, but Bree doesn't appreciate it. She threatens him. If he ever jokes like that again, she will stab him with the dullest knife that she can find. Neither the perpetrator, Jay, or the victim, the boy, will explain why Jay stabbed him. Sora, the girlfriend, was there too to witness it, but nobody will explain what happened. The boy's mom is screaming at Bree, screaming at Sora's mom. And Bree tries to calm him down. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We will, of course, cover the hospital fees. Forget it! Who the hell in this place doesn't have money? Call the police! Don't you think that's a bit dramatic? The kids... She stabbed him here! It's gonna leave a permanent scar! The principal let the disgruntled mothers know that Jaeyoung will be suspended for one week and when they will have another meeting at the end of the week and if the discovery of why she stabbed him is not uncovered in the next week, Jaeyoung will be expelled. But maybe 
Taeyong is a lot more similar to the mom than she thinks. When they get into the car, Bree is yelling, Do you know how many strings I had to pull to get you into this school? Just tell me why you did it. Yeah, and you could have killed him, you know? The placement of where you stabbed him. Do you even know how dangerous of a spot that is? Of course I know, Mom. That's why I stabbed him there. To kill him. <laughs> Jeez. Bree thinks back to the first time she killed someone. She was 17 years old, and that's how she met Chairman Cha. He said she was a natural, and, you know, it made sense, and she grew up with so much violence. That's why she tried to raise Cheong with no violence in a completely different way, the opposite way, but sometimes it scares her because she looks at Cheong and all she sees is her younger self. And that's f***ing terrifying. Bree is laying on a couch telling he's hung this while he's cleaning up a dead body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And he just gives her straightforward advice. Just go and tell Chairman Cha that you're quitting because of your kid. He's either going to let you go or he's going to have you killed, but at least it'll be quick either way. <sighs> I can't. I made him a promise. When I decided to have Jaeyoung, I promised that I wouldn't let it affect me or work. Harder said than done, though, sometimes. Sometimes when I kill someone, I can see myself in their eyes as they die. We make eye contact. And after that, when I go home, I'm too scared to look at Cheong in the eyes. I'm scared she's going to see right through me. Yeah, well, I think about what my dad would say if he saw me right now. Oof, makes my skin crawl. She looks around, and both of them are in this abandoned factory. And there's like two dead bodies there. And she continues, you know, but the selfish thing is, I don't want to give it up either. Maybe I'm just not a qualified mom. <sighs> he plops down next to her. Making money is the biggest parental qualification, okay? Yeah, but how can I call myself a mother in this line of work? Look, the world is full of irony, Brie. We want truth, but we believe lies. Killers gather, and they start making rules with each other. What is this poetic speech? You writing a novel or something? Only if you publish it. I'm gonna call it Truth and Contradictions. The truth is, Brie, you're a great mom, okay? Like right now, instead of thinking about how you're gonna kill your daughter for what she did, you're thinking about how to raise her. That's a great step. Thanks, I guess. But did you really not bring any food? How are you gonna visit a junior while they're working and not even bring me something to eat? So meanwhile, the company owners gather to discuss a new threat, unsanctioned workers. Director Cha, the sister, slams down files on everyone's desks. So they meet in like this very creepy looking boardroom meeting, very dark mahogany wood, and all of them are wearing suits. They look like mafia leaders, okay? But also they kind of look like entertainment company owners. <laughs> so it's very confusing. <laughs> Director Cha was able to pull unsolved homicides in the area. Clearly the work of uncertified, unsanctioned killers. Killers with no company. All operating in Korea. All the companies have confirmed that this is not their business. That this is not their company hires work. One of the company owners says, So you're saying that this is the work of the unsanctioned? The work is too good to be an unsanctioned worker. Then it might be a worker who was fired. Or maybe a worker during their free time. No way. No f***ing way. MK speaks up. If it comes out that this is one of any of our employees' work, I would like to request that MK dole out the punishment. Sergeant Shin, do you remember him? From the meeting seven years ago. The one that was like, well, f*** the rules. He's still there. He's a company owner. He's one of the bigger company owners. Mm. Sergeant Shin says, if it's my bitch that steps out of line, I should be the one disciplining it. I would feel dirty if my were hit by anyone else but me. As you all know, companies have a tendency to ignore disobedient employees. 
We can deny it all we want, but the whole board knows that. We've been given an opportunity here to write some new songs for the future generations to sing about, to be scared about. If it is an employee, we must discipline them. <sighs> we live in a very scary world, Director Cha. If we push our employees like you push your loads out of your ass, we're not gonna have a company to run. The sister gets upset. Sergeant Shin, if you're incompetent, just say so and fuck off back to the army instead of airing out your incapabilities in this room. NK stops her by placing his hand on her shoulder. As we agree, there is no evidence who the culprit is as of right now. That's why it is possible it could be an employee. Sergeant Shin rolls his eyes. And what if the employee is yours? Then of course, NK will take care of it. What are you hoping for? You want something more? You want my neck on the table? Sergeant Shin pulls out a knife, laughs as he starts buffing his fingernails. Oh, please, sir. No need to be so serious about your neck on a table. The Sergeant Shin is really ballsy, huh? He's really unhinged, okay? <laughs> yeah. What's going on? So, Director and Chairman Cha are both in the car, and she says, Opa, don't go so easy on that military piece of fucking shit. If you don't rein him in by the collar, he's gonna bite you in the end. He ignores her. Bree might not renew her contract. The sister looks pleased. Figures. Women always stop working once they have a kid. She's worked long enough though, 15 years. Hey, by the way, who is the dad anyway? So we get our first hint that Chairman Cha is the dad, but he doesn't say anything. What? What? Yeah, it's what? kind of the vibe. And he says, just some commoner. And she says, oh, so someone different from us. Anyway, don't worry. Mantis is coming back from leave and we're training our new generation hires. Honestly, Bree is due to retire. Even the best knife will grow dull over time. Earlier today, I joked a bit too much with her at lunch. And she told me that she would stab me for saying the joke. She said she would use the dullest knife. Because remember how she just said any knife goes dull over time? Mm -hmm. And so she's like, okay, why are you telling me this? And why did she say the dull knife? Because dull knives hurt more. I'm sorry, but these look so juicy. Like, they hardened so quick. Would you like one, sir? Of course. I gave you a very pistachio-y one. Hold on, hold on. Let me show them. Wow, these are beautiful. I have a feeling it might look better than it tastes. It's really good. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Oh my god. You bring this outside? Mm-hmm. You sell that tray for... $40. At Erewhon, they would buy it. Not even Erewhon. Wow. You sell it anywhere, no? Valentine's Day? You <laughs> put, a Valentine's little, Day. <laughs> put a little stand? Come on now. Mmm. Mmm. Come on. That's Valentine's Day? That's like, oh, too good. Wait, why is it so good? It's so good. Can I have more? Mm -hmm. It goes so well. It's not, mm -hmm. You know, personally, not a fan of strawberry chocolate. It's too sweet. I this, love it. Oh. Oh, this is better though. Mm -hmm. The juiciness, the chocolate actually mm -hmm. enhances. <gasps> you know what we need to do? We need to shower tonight and eat an orange in the shower. I still haven't done that. Apparently it's euphoria to eat oranges in the shower. The steam, the scent of the peel of the orange. Anyway, Bri is at home cooking with Taeyong and she's trying to convince, she's trying to confirm with her daughter, you weren't actually trying to kill him, right? Like you weren't really doing that. I, I know who you are and you would never do something like that, but why did you stab him there? You're not that type of kid usually. And she's like, well, what kind of kid does that? I'm not one of your houseplants. Stop trying to categorize me. 
Do you think my house plants grow on their own? Okay, I cut their branches. I trim the leaves. I do all of that, okay? I take care of my house plants. Like I take care of you. Taeyong walks away and she asks, where are you going? To go photosynthesize. And she goes into her room and slams the door shut. Meanwhile, Chairman Cha calls up Bri and asks, how did it go at school? I don't know. I wish someone would just point a gun at my head and kill me. And your daughter? Have you tried talking to her? It's like talking to a wall. She won't open up with me and I'm just getting exhausted. I wish being a mom had a contract period. There's always a reason someone puts up walls, Brie. Wait it out. She'll come around when she's ready. It's up to her to decide when she wants to start opening up. Yeah, well that kind of defies my nature as a mom. I suppose you could try and give her a father then. Um, what? <laughs> and then he goes on to say, by the way, your schedule came in. Do you need a rehearsal? It's fine. Well, I'm gonna send an intern with you, so give them some real life experience, will you? So she says, one teenager is more than enough for me, but he's convinced that she's gonna like her intern. And then you have Youngji, the intern that she fought and defeated, come in and she's so excited. She's got a briefcase that Chairman Cha gave her, and she's like, hello, Miss Bree, I'm gonna do my absolute best today. <sighs> a briefcase? Yeah, Bree opens up the briefcase at MK headquarters. Why a box cutter and not some pills? Chairman Cha said we need something more provocative. Okay, the letter? Yes, they analyzed the target's handwriting and forged it with a ballpoint pen. Would you like to double check? Uh, no, the less I know, the easier it is. Sorry, I get this show on the road. They pack up their things in a van and they start their job. They hook their van up to the building and turn off all the power in this massive South Korean apartment tower. They sneak in after gassing up a unit and they're wearing gas masks. They see a guy laying in bed and Youngji says, he looks younger than me. Why do you think he needs to die? He looks like a classic pervert, the type to spike a girl's drink and rape her while blasting classical music. Really? No. He's got the face of a fucking angel. Bree starts looking around the apartment and throws the letter down at his desk. She looks at his guitar before noticing he's left-handed. Youngji tries to slash his wrist. Wait! It's the other hand. And you can't do one clean cut. Um, it's all about hesitation wounds. Here, give it to me. The tip of the blade is emotional. 60% fear, 40% hesitation. I can feel your expertise from here, Miss Bree. Bree stares at the young guy's face and she realizes she knows him from somewhere. Oh my god. She drops a box cutter and runs back to the desk where she had placed the suicide letter, right? She rushes over, opens it, and she's reading at fast speed. He's writing, he wrote, about how he no longer wants to be a burden to his father, about how it was all his fault and his dad had nothing to do with it. His father is innocent. He's the senator's son. Remember in the beginning, the senator's son, who the senator bribed to get into a good school? The senator's son is being killed and made to look like he took his own life. In his letter, he states, reiterates that his dad is innocent. His dad has nothing to do with it. So can you guess who hired them to kill him? The mother dad? The mother senator. Oh, wow. He is willing to kill his son to keep his power, his position, and even garner sympathy. That's why he wants it more provocative. So it's all over the news. In that moment, Taeyong calls her and she picks up. What's going on? Mom's working right now. Are you gonna be late, Mom? Why? Just wanted to say I'm sorry. Did you eat? Not yet. Well, hurry and eat. I made kimchi jjigae. 
So at this exact moment, she's in this apartment building having no idea which way to take this. We see Chairman Cha in Russia entering a bar. And he gets a call from Brie. Chairman Cha, can you talk right now? Sure. Did you just get done from your job? We failed. I failed the job. He woke up. Maybe there wasn't enough sleeping gas. I should have checked beforehand. It's my fault. You read the letter, didn't you? You know I don't read those things. Brie, there are three reasons I don't believe you. First, this is not something Kill Brie would fail. Second, this is not something you would fail. And third, this is not something you would fail. You think that's why I failed? Because of the letter? You know the rules. You must always attempt shows sanctioned by your company. If you didn't actually fail, then you just broke one of the rules. So what? Are you gonna kill me then, Chairman? Hold on. So we see that he puts the phone down without hanging up, walks over to another man at the bar, and starts shooting him. So that's his mission, is to kill a mafia boss, okay? <laughs> Literally in the middle of this bar, other people are now shooting at him because he has a whole group of mafia men surrounding him. There's like no subtlety in this one. In my dumbass head, I'm like, there's gotta be a better way to kill people in a bar. <laughs> like, this is not... There's gotta be an easier way where you don't get your hands dirty. It is wild, this is not efficient. But as he's killing, he gets back on the phone in the middle of the fight. It's like so dramatic. And she just repeats, I failed my show. I did. And I just have one request. If you don't let anyone else touch this show, I'll renew my contract. Chairman Cha finishes killing everyone before going back to the phone and says, put the intern on the fucking line. He wants to talk to me? Do I have to lie? <laughs> no, just tell him whatever you want to say. <clears throat> yes, Chairman Cha, this is Young Ji. Did she really fail? I'm not sure. I wasn't on site. Let me ask you again. Yes, it was a fail. I think I miscalculated the amount of gas that we needed, so it's my apologies. Good, put her back on the line. He tells Brie, I also have a condition. I decide the duration of your new contract. Until then, you will continue being MK's knife. Got it? So he does love her, but there is another aspect. She really is the best of the best. Like he wants to keep her. Yeah. As long as possible. What? Why do they look so much more high-end than chocolate-covered strawberries? But technically it's cheaper because strawberries are so damn expensive these days. Doesn't it look fancier? Mm -hmm. Like if I saw this at like a tea house, or if someone just had this at a dinner party, I'd be like, oh my god, this is bougie. So Brie rushes home, but her daughter is already fast asleep in her room. Or at least she pretends to be. Instead, her daughter is actually crying. Her girlfriend Sora broke up with her because she doesn't want her mom to know. Meanwhile, teacher Cha is laughing on the phone. This is the sister, okay, director Cha. That doesn't even fucking make sense. I mean, she's a mom now, but... What if she broke the rules on purpose? Her brother's on the line. Why would she? Fine, whatever. You can think what you want. I'll reassign the case today. No, just put it as failed and let's move on. Are you fucking crazy? This is a level A case. What about our reputation? Was this all her fucking idea? The silence means it was. She didn't want to do it. It wasn't a f***ing fail. And why would you do this for her? The plane is about to take off. Get the contract ready. So Chairman Cha reminisces back to when he was younger. He was just a hitman. He was just on the job. He didn't have this whole company. And he was very busy, very hardworking, and hanging a man, trying to make it look like a suicide. So he's hung a man up, shoved a little handkerchief in his mouth, and he's got a little stool underneath him. All he has to do is pop that stool and the man is dead. And he's going through the man's photos. Good thing your daughter takes after her mother. She looks very depressed. 
She'd be prettier if she smiled. And he looks at the man and says, Officer, you should have lived a better life if you wanted to die a natural death. All I have to do is move that chair you're standing on, and it all ends. And right at that moment, little Bree walks in. She stares at her dad standing on a chair about to die, begging her through muffled screams to help him, and Chairman Chalk comes up and points a gun at the back of her head. Did you come to kill my dad? And aren't you supposed to be at school? And no, your dad is about to hang himself after he shoots his daughter with a gun. <sighs> Maybe I should have stayed in class today. He picks up the Rubik's Cube that was in her hand. You know there are rules to the Rubik's Cube. You would have solved it faster if you followed the rules. Yeah, well the cube is gonna get messed up again anyway. Why such a rush to solve it? How old are you? 17. How awkward. What's awkward? I have a younger sister, so I have one rule. Kids are off limits. Wow. I guess your job isn't just for evil people, huh? He pulls his gun. Are you usually this brave? I don't know. Your rules are very wishy-washy. Rules should be definite. How about kids under 18? How about kids under 17? What is a kid anyway? I don't have a license yet. Am I a kid? But letting a witness live is and Brie walks over to the dad and pushes the chair out from under him. What are you doing? Now you're the witness. Brie smiles and laughs as her dad is dead in the back. Meanwhile, Director Cha is f***ing. This is how she meets Chairman Cha. This is how he recruits her into being a hitman. As I get older, I... <laughs> I worry about the density of my hair, okay? If you guys watch the vlogs, I even bought this little shadow for my hair. It's called a pong pong in Korea. You put shadow to make your hair appear fuller. Did it work? No, okay, it wasn't great. So to address some of my hair goals, my hair routine, I went to Pros and I've been really happy with my results. So Pros makes custom hair care that's effective. All of their formulas are made to order with your unique needs in mind. They use natural, sustainably sourced ingredients. You can customize everything in your hair care process. Like not just your shampoo and conditioner, but I'm talking hair gel, your supplements. So my main hair goal was more hair volume, stronger hair, less shedding, and I love that Pros' quiz, they even ask about my lifestyle because your eating habits, your damage level, your exercise, these are all things that affect your hair. So with all of these little answers, Pros handpicks ingredients that are gonna help you reach your hair goals. I have noticed since using Pros that my hair feels lighter, which I know what you're thinking is like the opposite of density, but it feels lighter and I feel like I have less shedding because it just feels less bogged down by all of these ingredients. And the other day, Tiffany came up behind me and she was touching my hair and she's like, I swear to God, I thought you were wearing extensions. And I think it's just that my hair looks shiny and healthy. So I guess it looks fuller. Give Pros a try. If you're not 100% positive, Pros is the best hair care for you. They will take the products back no questions asked. Custom made-to-order hair care with Pros is the key to achieving all of your hair goals this year. So take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash baking. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash baking for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. Meanwhile, Teacher Cha is pissed off and her day is about to get worse. She finds out that the rogue agent killing people for money, remember how there's an undercover unsanctioned agent? Yeah. Was none other than an employee of MK. Which one? Han Hee-sung. Remember how he said, Han? That he, Han, he said that he was going to do something to figure out his dad's hospital bills? Oh. This was the thing that he was doing. So she asks her little minion that brings her the news. Do you know... Those types of people, surely you do. The ones that have high ability, high potential, but waste away, not able to achieve much. Why do you think that is? 
I'm not sure. Maybe they have an attitude problem, or maybe they fell out of favor with their bosses. Exactly. But sometimes they don't even know why they fell out of favor. Poor fucking bastards. So we get the idea that Han fell out of favor with Chairman Cha for the pur pure purpose oh. that he was sleeping with Bree on and off. Oh, is that it? Yeah, Chairman Cha really, really, really likes Bree, it seems. Wow. Yeah. So Director Cha goes to meet with him at the hospital where his dad is recovering. And she says, why are you so shocked? Like a little sinner who committed a crime. Oh, they meet, ran into each other at the hospital. She found him at the hospital. Oh. Meanwhile, Jay, the daughter, is trying to tell Bree, I didn't try to kill him, Mom. I'm not a fucking psychopath, okay? So, what happened? He wouldn't leave me alone. I wasn't trying to stab him. I was just scared. Yes, exactly. You're right. You would never do it on purpose. I knew my daughter would never stab someone on purpose. He just, he gets so scared easily. You know, he acts brave, but he gets very, very scared. It's just like his mom. Just like I tell you, I was so shocked. His mom tries to act all big and Mom, can I just talk without you interrupting me? Oh, yeah, go ahead. He sent me a few pictures during lunch. And so, okay, I'm really sorry to interrupt again, but can I ask what photos? There's photos, okay? They were taken secretly. I asked him to delete it, and he told me he would delete it if I dated him for a month. I asked him if he was dropped on his head, and he said, just one month, and then I'll break your heart in a nice way, and we can both move on. Of course, I'll be the one ending things. What is the point of this? Who cares about the meaning and points of things? I just need to look better with my friends, okay? So are you gonna do it? One month. Wow, so you really are a little bitch. And he gets in her face and says, for fuck's sake, you made me this way. You did this. So are you in or not? The second I press send, half of our school gets these fucking pictures. Fine, send it, but you'll be dead. He starts getting in her face with the phone about to press send, but Sora runs in and we find out the pictures of them kissing. Sora oh runs in God. and she says, please, please don't do it. My life is gonna be over, please. Don't talk to me. Talk to that bitch over there. Fucking asshole. Taeyong, please, please, let's just do whatever he says. I, I will do anything, please. It won't hurt anyone. It's, it's all fake. Please, besides, these pictures, it's not, it's just a lot of misunderstanding. He comes up and says, Hey, sorry to break up the lover's quarrel, guys, but between the two of you, who's the man in the relationship? Oh my god. Oh my gosh, okay. So anyway, Taeyong grabs her scissors out of her pocket and stabs him in that moment for that comment. Taeyong shows her the picture, shows her mom the picture, and she says, it's pictures of me and Sora. I see. Mom, I like girls. Brie looks at her shocked. Why are you looking at me like that? Like what? Maybe you don't know what you're talking about. I'm not looking at you like anything. <laughs> Why didn't you just tell me that? Because mom, if I liked boys, would you expect me to tell you that? Hey mom, the truth is, I actually like boys. Do I have to confess like that? Uh, no, but that's, I just feel like you don't tell me anything. Like I don't know anything about you. And what about you mom? Are you ever honest with me? Right then, the doorbell rings and Youngji is there. Bri drags her in and puts a knife up to her. Do I need to kill you? How dare you come in a place like this? Kill me, I don't care. I've just been fired by Chairman Cha. I never even got a chance to debut, but it all makes sense since a little intern dared to mess up with your show. I know it might be nothing but a speck of dust to you, but do you know how much I went through to get to where I was? <sighs> you know what? I'm glad you're here. 
right on time. Brie excuses herself to her daughter, and she says, we can talk about this later. Sorry, the company really needs me. They even sent an intern. Crazy. Brie takes Yanji to buy her ramen at the little bartender bar where all the hitmen hang out. And um, Brie is saying, so what? You showed up at my door to fight me because you got fired? No, it's just I did nothing wrong on the job. If there was something I did wrong, it, it would be different, but the only thing that I did wrong was I lied for you. You don't think I know that, Youngji? That's life. Things become your fault for no reason, and other times you get away with things that you've done. Well, how does that make sense? For example, let's say I like woman, okay? <sighs> I did nothing wrong, but other people could perceive me as doing something wrong. Uh, Miss Breed, that's a little bit random. And isn't that a bit of a conservative take for a hired killer? <laughs> well, that's how old people function, you know? You don't think your parents are scared of that, too? My parents are dead. But I think it's up to us. If we do something wrong or not, it's not for others to decide. <sighs> Fucking kids these days. So smart. The bartender walks over. And who's this? Intern at our company. <gasps> Intern at MK? You must be excited when you debut. I've been fired. You're not fucking fired, okay? Quit, cut it out already. Sir, keep this girl in mind. She's ruthless. I fought with her and she fights like a scary bitch. Whoa, that's coming from Brie. That's a big deal. And at that moment, Han and his friends walk in. Like all of the friends from other companies, they walk in and Han looks nervous. Not nervous, but he doesn't seem interested in talking to Brie. It's kind of weird. There's definitely an energy in the room. Did you guys hear now? Han is now an A rank at MK. What? Bree is instantly suspicious. What happened? Tell him. Tell them. Come on. It's nothing. Tell me, Han. So intriguing. Okay. So one of the bartenders, he pulls up the news for her. The senator's son had taken his life. Oh my god, Han did it. We find out that in exchange for keeping quiet about the fact that he's doing unsanctioned work, mm. Director Cha got him to kill the senator's son. Both Chairman Cha and Bree are pissed. Chairman Cha starts choking Director Cha, his little sister, and um... Choking? And she starts moaning, like, very sexually. They're siblings, by the way. And he lets go because he's so disgusted this is literally his sister. And she says, what? I'm a director here too. And then she tries to kiss him. Wait, 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 what is going on? Yeah, and I mean like truly, I told you the energy was weird throughout the whole movie. He pushes her off and she says, I know you think I'm insane, but at least I'm honest if I want something and I take it. Sorry, you can't say the same. And she walks ah! off. What? Uh, yeah. What is going on? Bruh. She was 911. Nine one one, okay? Being an assassin is the least of her concerns. Like, if I were her therapist, I'd be like, okay, forget being an assassin. You did what to your brother? What? Bro. Oh my god, I gotta take notes. That's what I would be doing, okay? Meanwhile, Brie is pissed. And she looks at Han. You do know that was my show that I gave up. Everyone is shocked. You gave up a show that's against the rules. The inter- Oh, no, 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 guys. It was a failed show. Brie failed a show? Brie's not even listening. Who? Who told you to do it? Do I have to answer? Why would they suddenly give you A-level work? Why? You sound surprised. Like you would never think that I would be an A-rank. Yeah, exactly. Damn. Well, well, that's rich coming from you. You know because of who I haven't been able to work? 
You know because of who I've been blacklisted by Chairman Chaw for all those years? And his phone starts ringing on the table. He doesn't pick up. It rings again and we see Director Cha in her office on the phone. Fucker, why did it take so fucking long for you to pick up? But it's not Han who picked up. It's, it's Brie. Director Cha. Ani, is that you? I see you've taken an interesting approach. Yeah, well, Ani, I have more power than you think. So this is when Bri is putting it together that Director Cha is the one that put him up to this, blah, 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 blah. And she says, well, what if you get in trouble, Director Cha? Oh, Opa can't get mad at me. No, that's not what I meant. What if you get in trouble from me? Ooh. <clears throat> well, I didn't call you. I called He's Hung, so put him on the phone. Right. I'll be seeing you soon anyway. She hands the phone back and she tells him, talk to her sitting here. So he's on the phone in front of all of his little friends. Yes, director. Uh, no, Brie is with me. And there's a few other people from the company, other companies as well. <laughs> oh, um, that would be quite awkward if I did that. I don't think I feel comfortable. Okay. And he puts the phone on the, on the table, on speakerphone. And director Cha starts talking. Hi, everyone. I'm director Cha of MK. Silence. Is no one going to say hi back? Uh, hello, Director Cha. Is Young Ji there too? I've heard great things about all of you. From Han. How many people is there? There's like five, six. Oh. Yeah. So that's why I wanted to give you all an opportunity. For you to join MK at at least a B rank. Young Ji, of course, you will go in directly as an A rank for your debut. Same. Bree cuts the phone and says, everybody, put your hands on the table. Are you not embarrassed they were all reaching for their weapons because they know what the rest of that message is if you kill Bree, you can come in at at least a b rank but they don't care they start attacking Bree in wait, the wait, shop wait, wait wait she wants everyone to kill Bree. yes and remember the whole um beginning conversation in the movie she's like if mk came to you would you guys not all take the job too yeah they freaking would oh my god are they friends yeah what and they all start attacking Bree in the little restaurant and for the longest time Brie is holding all of them off but they're coming in strong Han even stabs her arm briefly Brie takes down two she takes down the bartender and another and then there's four left including the intern Youngji Youngji is attacking her too Youngji is standing um like they all start standing in front of her with a knife and Youngji is the last one to show up with a knife and Brie looks disappointed but she says well Survival instincts are good. Aren't they don't. They? they don't have like guns. Just no. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> so in the end, they slam Bree down, and they're about to stab her. The man is about to stab her, but Youngji grabs the man and tries to stab him instead. So now there are guys attacking Bree and Youngji. Bree takes on two. Youngji takes on one. And in the oh end, oh my god, that's Youngji. Yeah. Wait, but Han is also attacking her. Yes. And in the end, she slashes Han's Achilles heel. So now he can't even run. He's limping. He's on the ground. And she slowly starts following him while he crawls and slashing all of his joints, like behind his knees. Yeah. What? Yeah, and he tells her, I did some unsanctioned work. And that motherfucker Cha found out about it. I just want you to know that I actually really, really liked you, Brie. And she sits down next to him as he's bleeding. That's really lame, isn't it? Promise, promise me that you'll visit my dad once in a while in the hospital. Promise? No, don't tell me. And with that, 
Bree puts his, her arm around his shoulder and then stabs him in the chest. Wait, why? <laughs> and I knew, I knew him asking if she would ever kill him was foreshadowing, okay? And then at the end, all of the men are dead and it's just Bree and Youngji. And Youngji looks confused and frazzled and Bree says, congratulations on your debut. And they wait for the MK cleaning crew to come. And Youngji says, we're in trouble, aren't we? No, we're absolutely f***ed. <laughs> okay, well I guess it's nice to know that I'm at least f***ed with you, right? Why did you even help me in the first place? Survival? It looked like you had the best chances out of everyone else. She leaves the cleaning crew to take care of it and she has a ton of missed calls from her daughter. So she starts walking back in the little alleyway to her car and she's on the phone and she's like, hey, sorry about that. Like mom was a bit busy. I think I'm gonna be home a little bit late. She hears Jaeyoung crying on the other line. What is it? What's going on? What happened? Are you okay? But right at that moment, a shadow comes up behind her and slams her against the wall. It's Chairman Cha choking her. And he tells her, I let you get away with enough, but this, you cross the line. He's choking her and Jaeyoung is still on the phone screaming, Mom, what's going on? Mom, hello, are you there? Tell me what's going on. Who is that? Bree is being choked and begging for him. Hang up the phone. Side note, the energy throughout the movie, again, this is like Chairman's daughter, right? So the Chairman continues choking Bree, but Youngji runs down the alleyway and he steps on Bree's phone, completely crushing it and thus hanging up. And Youngji, the intern, is screaming, Chairman, no! Please, it's not Bree's fault. It's all because Director Cha told them to kill her. That's what caused the bloodbath. He finally stops choking her, but he was dead serious on it. Like, he was ready to kill her. She's on the ground, panting for her life, panting for air. And he says, the cleaners. All cleaners of every company are to report the bodies of any company employees to the respective companies the next morning. By morning, everyone, every single company will get notice. We'll tell your sister I'll be paying her a thank you visit soon. You can't touch my sister, Bree. Not anymore. She's handling your contract renewal. You still work for her. Are you f***ing out of your mind if you think that I'm renewing my contract after what happened? Only I can protect you now. Only MK can protect you. The other company's prides will be on the line. Their employees have died and they have no idea why. They will not give up until you're dead. Bree says, well then, I could just tell the reason to all of them. Then you would just have to protect your sister and not me. I guess that means I'd have to kill you right here, right now. Which would break my heart to leave your child an orphan. He pulls out his knife and starts going after her until he finally stabs her in the neck. But it's just a visualization. So instead, Bree stares empty at him and says, I guess I'll see you at work tomorrow then. Good, I'll get your contract together. Oh, and that one, the intern, she's done nothing wrong. It'd be a shame for MK to lose a killer like her. Basically giving Youngji her job back. Bree gets back into her car and on the way home, we start seeing her facade slipping, okay? She stops on the side of the road and she's bawling as she tries to wipe all the blood off of her hands before she walks in the room, walks in the house. Her arm is injured, she has like a small slice. She's trying to get blood off and she's just crying. Like it's rough. And when she walks back through the front door, her daughter is there. What the hell happened to you? Do you not understand how worried I was about you? How could you just hang up the phone? Who was that? My phone fell. Why are you crying? What's going on? Nothing happened to me. Uh, I, uh, my phone ran out of battery. I dropped it. What's going on? Nothing happened to me either then. Tang, come here. Just... Sora and I broke up, okay? What? Why? Because I told her that I told you about us. She told me to never talk to her again, and she said that she was never into me, and it was just all just a f***ing joke. All of it. It was nothing but a joke to her. 
Taehyung storms back into her room and she says, she says she's not like that. And what? You're like that? Yeah, I am. Okay? And maybe that's why you ran away. <sighs> I'm really sorry about today, okay? Sorry for what? Now I have the answer, mom. I'll just make sure to hide myself better from everyone, including you. Jesus Christ, Taehyung. Can you just accept my apology for once? Do you have to make me feel stupid each time? Oh my god, and stop saying there's something wrong with you. You don't have to hide who you are. What are you even talking about? Okay, it's been such a long day. And with that, Brie falls on the couch and starts crying. Taehyung sits next to her. Something happened to you too, right? You don't have to tell me if you don't want to. I have a group of colleagues, okay? They're very mean to me today, so we got into a fight. Why? It just happens sometimes at work. We're all just trying to survive, I guess. And you, if you, if you think Sora meant any of, things, any of the things that she said to you, don't be dumb, okay? She's just trying to survive too. So what are you gonna do now? <sighs> Silver, I'm not gonna see those colleagues again. Well, I guess you're cooler than me, mom, because I can't let it go. I guess I must have really liked Sora. If I knew that this would have happened, I would have just dated that little f for the month. That way I would still be with Sora and I'd be at the school that you wanted me to be. That's true. So why didn't you do it? I don't know. I guess I just wanted to be true to myself, I guess. I'm really proud of you. So she's like having this moment, okay? And then the kid is like, mom? She's like, I'm really proud of you. This is insane for a Korean parent. And the kid goes, mom? One time I found a gun and a fake passport in your purse. <laughs> she's like, the fork? She sits up and she's blinking and staring at her daughter. The company you work for is the CIA, right? Because <laughs> I looked online and that made the most sense to me. Brie looks fucking terrified. Taeyong, I never said anything to you, okay? I knew it. <laughs> it's okay. I know, I know. It must be hard for you to keep a secret. It must be really hard, mom. Like you've been working really hard. Yeah, I'm gonna go wash up now. That's what I'm gonna tell my kids. <laughs> I work for the CIA. No, 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 I'm oh. not gonna tell them. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm not the one that, I never said anything. I didn't anything. say anything. I though. didn't say anything, okay? She rushes into the bathroom, turns on the water, and while she's sobbing, her daughter comes to the other side of the door. Mom, have you ever fired the gun? <laughs> yeah, uh, only when I was practicing. And she just looks devastated because it's so sad, you know, like yeah. working for the CIA is at least something that your daughter would be proud of. And to have this fake proud, like your daughter is so patriotic and proud of you when in reality you're just a hit woman. Okay, like it's probably <laughs> depressing. So the next day, all the company heads have another meeting. Chairman Cha is not there. MK likes to make an entrance. And all of them are discussing, I don't care if it was Kill Bree or somebody else. This cannot go unpunished. I've poured everything I have into this company. There is no respect in a crime like this. Absolutely Who's talking? none. All the leaders of the other companies. Oh. Because all their employees are dead. Well, oh. not all, but a couple of their employees. And another company owner says, you know, he's right. If an elite agent like Bree did this, doesn't that mean MK has some ulterior motives in this? It's not just like some rookie agent. She's the best of the best. Sergeant Shin is sitting there. The cleaner said that they were having drinks and they insinuated it was a personal decision. But there's no way MK will fire her because she's the most precious knife to the company. There's no way though. 
Do you guys really think it was a personal decision? No matter how much of an unprecedented, never seen before raging bitch that lady is, I find it hard to believe that Brie got drunk and killed them like that. Does that even make sense to you guys? So the cleaners were reporting it as, oh, I think they had like a drunken brawl. Like mm -hmm. they got all drunk, got pissed off at each other and killed each other. Mm -hmm. And Sergeant Shin is like, Brie is a bitch, but she's not dumb. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course it doesn't make sense to us either, but what else are we supposed to think? I guess we'll all have to wait and see what MK has to say about this. If she really decided personally, then he will give us Brie to kill. But if excuses are made, Chairman Cha could have been involved in this. By the way, gentlemen, do you think that you can bring up these concerns to MK to his face, or are you still all of his little whiny bitches? <laughs> of course! The stupid rules we operate under are his rules. He made us kill all of our own every time a lousy rule was violated. I'm not gonna let things slide that. <laughs> MK walks in. <laughs> MK walks in. <laughs> Everyone goes quiet. Sergeant Shin smirks. Just as I expected, huh? Chairman Cha sits down to direct the meeting. The lead in the latest sensation shows was, unfortunately, one of my own, Han Hong. I would like to apologize to all of you in advance. We have decided to punish him. It was a sensitive matter, so we handled the situation with Bree. We were hoping for an efficient and internal solution. Last night, as Bree was dealing with Han, his friends, employees of other companies, showed up to protect him. A company owner sitting on the side said, Wait, let me get this straight, Mr. Cha. Are you trying to say the violation last night was due to our employees stepping in? Not at all. They were just trying to help Hanis Hung, their friend. An overall unfortunate, tragic incident. We at MK would like to offer our deepest condolences and compensation for the tragic events. Well, how much compensation are we talking? Another man speaks up. Is that what's important right now? We're just breathing, th breathing through everything without even getting the facts? Okay. Fine, guys. Why don't we ask MK to bring in Bree so that we can give, get her version of events? Chairman Cha nods. You can do that, but not right now. She's being treated for her injuries. Well, what about the kid? The, some, the cleaners told me there was an intern with her. Why don't we just start with her? Bring in the kid. And we see last night, Chairman Cha already told Youngji after Brie left, in that little dark alleyway, he said that absolutely no one is to know the truth of what happened, that Director Cha instructed them to kill Brie. Nobody can know that. Just like how you lied to me about the failed show with the Senator's son? <sighs> yes. Sir, I wanted to say sorry about lying to you about that. <sighs> well, that's a problem now, isn't it? A lie should always be the truth, even in the face of those who know it's a lie. What? Uh, no! What I meant was, I can lie really, really... And with that, he stabs her in the throat. Because basically, he thinks that she won't hold under pressure. He killed her? He killed her. What the And he pets like... her hair as she dies. No! Chairman Cha explains to the board members, Youngji has vanished. Sergeant Shin stands up. How does that make sense? The only witness to the crime has suddenly vanished. Honestly, <laughs> Chairman Chow, we've been all thinking the same thing. Something doesn't sit right. Okay? It's not right. Not just Bree and what she did, but you. You seem off, Chairman Chow. We thought maybe you were breaking the rules with her. That's the conclusion we came to. Oh, and another thing? That unsanctioned show from Han? What's your plan? I know he's dead, but you said you would pay for it. Will you put your neck on the line for that? And he places his knife on the table. <laughs> I think you have all misunderstood me. Chairman Cha stands up. I cannot be a rule breaker. 
because I am the rule. And he grabs the knife and slams Sergeant Shin on the table in front of everyone and slams, literally stabs his face off while screaming his rules. He's like, rule number one, like this man is unhinged. And then he says, rule number four, never draw weapons during a sacred meeting. He throws the knife on the ground. That one, I just came up with it. Okay. Is there anyone else who wants to question me? Who wants to come for my neck? Nobody? If you decide to come for me, then send me a knife with blood on it and I will gladly respond. All the other chairmans, they straighten their suits, they nod at each other, and they walk out. AKA, they're gonna act like that didn't just happen, okay? They're gonna act like they didn't see nothing. They're gonna come back tomorrow for another meeting and have a little jolly hee hee ha ha time because MK is the rule. So he is just that powerful, yeah. like that strong. Yeah. So then Bree is shows- he not, He's yeah. not getting old yet? Oh, he's really old. The guy is old. He's like That's... a 60 year old. What? Yeah, 50 year old. And yeah. you're telling me he's like that sharp. Oh yeah, very sharp. Mm, yeah, yeah. Okay. So Bree shows up at work and her key card isn't working. And the sister Cha, director Cha shows up. Oh, sorry on the I deactivated your key card. I thought you'd be dead by now. <laughs> <laughs> they walk into the office together. Opa's busy cleaning up your mess right now, doing damage control. Kind of astonishing, don't you think? How is it that you exist in a world beyond his rules? What's so special about you? Anyway, they sit down and she pulls out a pen and the contract. Bree says, well, I hope he does his best so his baby sister's neck isn't on the line. Me? My neck on the line? Is that what you think, Bree? Is that why you're signing the contract, right? Just know when you sign, your fate and mine are intertwined forever. Don't worry, I have no intention of playing nice with you anymore. We can go back to being the bare minimum in pretending that we don't despise each other. But before Bree signs the contract, Director Cha, the sister, just to fuck with Bree, tells her the truth about what happened to the intern. <clears throat> and she says, you know, collateral. It's necessary shit happens in our world. And Bree has tears pooling in her eyes, but she doesn't say anything. Oh, man. Later, we see her walk down to the front lobby where there's a receptionist, and she slams a bloody pen on the table. <gasps> She killed the sister. Ah! Yeah, she's dead. When oh, Chairman no. Cha walks into his office, he sees his dead sister's body and he calls Bree's home because her cell phone is broken. But Bree isn't home. Instead, her daughter picks up. Hello? No. Hello? You must be Chang. I heard a lot about you from your mother. Who is this? I work closely with your mother. Oh, yes, uh, at the event planning? Exactly. I guess you called here because her phone is broken. She's still not home yet, though. Okay, thank you. Wait, can you tell me something about my mom? What is my mom like at work? Chairman Cha looks over to his dead sister's body and says, she's good at her job. Anything else? What would you like me to tell her when she comes home? Tell her I got her message and I'll see her at the office later tonight. That bloody pen is technically a bloody knife to him. Mm. Yeah. Chairman Cha attends her sister's funeral while he hears everyone whispering about how it might have been Bree that killed the sister. There are other rumors swirling that Bree even sent Chairman Cha a bloody knife that MK is crumbling from the inside. Meanwhile, Bree is living her life. She's getting along with her daughter who tells her, you know, I must tell the principal the truth of everything. That's what I'm gonna do. And I'm gonna keep going to the school. Do you think you're gonna be okay with that, Jay? 
It'll be fine. Will you be out late tonight, Mom? I probably don't know until I get into the office. So Bree shows up at Chairman Chaw's office that night, and Chairman Chaw is busy messing with his bloody Rubik's Cube. But the minute Bree leaves home, a man in a suitcase arrives at her building to deliver something to the daughter. It feels like we're reaching a bloody climax, literally. Brie even brought her samurai sword from the first show. Like, remember the, the kill of the Japanese man? Brie gets to the front desk and the receptionist is still there. You're not off work yet? Oh, um, you're curious to see who comes down alive, huh? She presses for the elevator and when it comes, she turns and says to him, See you later and gets in the elevator. She seems incredibly emotional, but the minute that the elevator doors open straight into Chairman Cha's office, he starts shooting the gun at her face. Ugh. He aims at her face, but he shoots all around her and never hits her. Okay, that's kind of dramatic, but what? <laughs> and she's staring at him. He stops and she walks into the office. Bree, do you want a drink? No thanks, I drove. <laughs> My sister died today. And I couldn't even force a single tear. I guess I've been in this line of work too long. No, Chairman Chow, you've always been like that. And you? Have you always been like this? I guess I was like that. You know, I had actually believed, Bree, that you had changed a little bit. But right now, you're here, sitting in front of me. You're right. I guess nothing has changed. Are you doing this because I killed the f***ing intern? If I'm not mistaken, Chairman Chow, I explicitly told you that she did nothing wrong. Yeah, but in order for your mistakes to disappear, she had to disappear. You can't make something disappear. If nobody knows, then it didn't happen, Brie. But I know, okay? I know. And in that moment, they both aim for the knives on the table and they start fighting. And this time, it seems like both their hearts are in it. And it's a fascinating scene where he slits her throat. And then another pair of them appear and they're still fighting and this time she's fighting with a different weapon and then he pins her oh. down and decapitates her. Wait, is she visualizing right yes. now? And so then, it's like scene number yes. two ending. Yes, and okay. then another one, he slits her Achilles heel before regaining his mental strength and then stabs her in the chest. And then another one, she tries shooting him, she tries hand-to-hand -hand combat in every single scenario. She's like, she dies. She's like Doctor Strange over here. Yes, she dies each time. There's only one way out. And she can see how it ends. And Chairman Cha notices that she's lost in thought. What? You can't see my weakness? I see your weakness. I already know your weakness. And what is that? Me. He smiles and she asks, when did it start? And in that moment, he reminisces back to the first day that he ever met her where she was 17, okay, alarming, and she just killed her dad. And she turned around and said, now you're the witness. And she was smiling and laughing like a serial killer. He's in and love. he's in love. <laughs> and there's like that cute and music video filter with the flowers, the cherry blossoms, and he's like in love, the birds are singing. And in that moment, she grabs the knife and stabs him in the chest as he's lost in thought. Wait, right now, right now? Yes, in real time. That was the only weakness that she could find, was her. He has no other physical weakness that she could overpower him. And then she, he falls back down onto the ground, panting, holding his wound, and she drops the knife tearfully. He takes off his leather glove and reaches his hand out for her. And she holds his hand and sits down. And he says, I thought about it. Whether you die or I die, if you die, would it be hell for me? Living without you? Please, please. This is like a K-drama. No, it gets bad. Oh. But if I die, 
wouldn't it be hell for you too to know that your daughter is watching this? <gasps> and it cuts to an iPad being dropped off at the door of their home and the doorbell rings. Cheyoung opens the door and just sees an iPad on the ground. She opens it up and she's watching it live on the iPad. No way. And he points to a camera in the room and Bree starts screaming, no. No. We should just cut to commercial, like right yes. now. Like, this is, you're watching. <laughs> you're watching Bacon a Mystery. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, no, tell me it's not true. And with that, he dies. And on the car ride home, Brie is hysterical. She's crying and she's screaming, no, 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 no. And then we see her run home and she's standing in front of Taeyong's door, scared to open it. But when she finally does, Taeyong is fast asleep. She wakes up. Mom? You're home late. Did I wake you? Sorry, go back to sleep. Taeyong gets up from the bed and she says, Mom, so this is, um, this is where I wish you knew Korean if you don't, okay? But this in Korean is something that you say to someone whenever they come home from work or they like work out or make a yummy meal. You say like, which means like good work. And you just say it generically. Like you don't actually look at someone's work and go good work. It's more yeah, like yeah. a good job today, right? But it can mean that as well. It can literally mean good work. So it's oh. confusing, and Brie is confused. Is she saying so because she knows what happened? Uh -huh. Or is she just saying that because that's something you say after someone comes home from work? Uh -huh. And she says, get some rest, mom. Oh, okay. Uh, good night. And her mom is about to close the door, but Jay stops it. You don't have to close it. It's just kind of stuffy in here. And the open door seems to be symbolism that they both know the truth about each other now. Oh and they have an God. open door and they're gonna be open oh with each other God. from now on. Because the whole theme in the movie has been Jay running into her room, slamming the door shut, setting up all these walls. And then we have an end scene of the senator who had his son killed, was found dead in his car of carbon monoxide poisoning. He presumably took his own life after being so heartbroken after his son's tragic death. Bree probably killed him. She's working in her little garden. Jay, it's time for school. So Jayon goes back to school one last time. She's decided she wants to start over at a new school. And she wants to say goodbye to Sora. She goes up to her in front of the whole class. Puts out her hand. Sora doesn't know how to shake it. You're not even going to wish your best friend goodbye? Sora reluctantly takes it. And she pulls her in for a hug. And she whispers, I thought about it. Whether I should kiss you right now in front of everyone, or if I should just kill you. She steps back and Sora is crying. She wipes her tear and says, take care. Then on her way out, she sees the guy that she stabbed and she smiles at him and taps her neck. She's gonna be killer number two, huh? Mm -hmm. Indicating oh that she is stronger now and knowing that her mom can kill everyone. Listen, we love to see it. Uh, we love to see it. That is the end. Wow. This is giving what? Girl power? Mm-hmm. Damn. This is good. How do you rate this movie? Okay. The movie is so quirky. Mm. Even the fight scenes are quirky. So it doesn't... I'm not really an action movie girl. Mm. I don't like it. It gives me a lot of anxiety. I don't think that there's fun and pleasure in just watching violent scenes unfold back to 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 back. Okay, and then it's just like a hot dude who just gets on his free time and then he's like killing people back to back to back to back to back. Like it's just too much. It's overplayed. It's too like it's lame, right? But this one, 
there was action, but it was done in a way that was quirky. Like the cinematography didn't feel like, look at the blood and gore. It was more like, this is kind of funny. Like, mm. but in a, not, oh, it's bad, it's funny, but genuinely they were trying to make it comedic, mm. but not in a cheesy way. Mm-hmm. Do you know how like Rush Hour 3 in these movies, they're kind of like the cheesy, like funny yeah. action movies? Yeah. It, it's almost like a different category. So it's well done. So well done. I love the main character. I think that this is one of those movies that could have easily, easily, just one little from one bad director or producer or showrunner, and it could have just headed into cheesy, obnoxious territory, but it didn't. It did not. I think everyone, the whole cast was incredibly stellar. Yeah, everything was really good. I also was worried about the whole single mom assassin aspect. I thought that was gonna get really cheesy corny and then be like, being a mom is the hardest job, which it is, it is. But when I see it in movies, I'm like, oh, this is so cheesy. Like even my sister who's a mom is like, oh, this is so cheesy, you know? Mm-hmm. I thought it was gonna be like that. I thought she'd be like wiping diapers while she's killing someone with the other hand. Like, you know, you have yeah, a picture, yeah, yeah. not like that at all. But what will happen yeah. at the end though? Does she, like, who's running MK? It's kind of insinuated that it's her uh. because the senator is dead. Ah. Yeah. Or maybe she's retired to hang out with her kid. We don't know. That part is open ended, but her kid is definitely cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, her kid is cool. I also thought, um, I thought it was nice, the LGBTQIA plus aspect, although I don't feel like I can have a say in this because I'm not part of that community, but I do think it was nice in a different sense. I don't think this was the best done representation of that community in this movie, but I will say for Korea, it was a good representation. It was showing that the mom is worried about the daughter, not because she cares that she's gay or doesn't like boys or anything, but it's more of like, the worry of how society, society yeah. will receive her child. So yeah. I, I, I liked it's the cool. way it was done. It wasn't so cheesy corny where I was like, oh my God, you're gay? I love you, babes. Like it wasn't like that, which I think is also overplayed. Mm-hmm. Like we get it, your mom is woke. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was just enough friction, I think, that it made me be like, oh, okay, like this is heartwarming and hopefully a lot of Korean moms will see it and I don't know, fucking cleanse their souls. I really wow. liked it. So make sure to give it a watch. It's on Netflix right now. And that is the story of Kim Park Soon. I hope you guys enjoyed and I'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye.